This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organisation that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. Peter, when I, when I wake up, I shadow box for uh, about three minutes. And my wife goes along with this. She says, what are you doing? I said, honey, I'm fighting off old age. And I said, I shadow box. And I picture in my mind some big giant, you know, trying to hit me. And then I say, someday this sucker's going to win, but it ain't going to be today. Hello and welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. We call it Llama. I'm Peter Bowes. This is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. Well, my guest today is Jim Owen. After four decades working on Wall Street, Jim was inspired to shake up the world of the rather discredited world of corporate America and business with his book, Cowboy Ethics. Jim came up with the 10 principles to live by, ethical rules that have since been embraced by many organizations. It was hugely successful. But what Jim wasn't particularly good at was looking after himself, his physical health, until, that is, he got to the age of 70 when everything changed. Well, Jim joins me now from his home in Austin in Texas. Jim, welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. Thank you, Peter, and I am honored to be here. It's really good to talk to you. Jim, what happened when you got to 70? Peter, I've always been an optimist by nature. But I have to admit, when I turned 70, my optimism hit an all-time low. Was it my you know, lower back pain? Was it my, I was tired all the time? I'm not sure what it was. But I, but I, I can tell you, I couldn't shake the feeling that my best days were behind me. And I knew I had to do something. And that something turned out to be exercising. And uh, seven years later, I'm in the best shape of my life. And it's been an amazing transformation. And my hope is that this book I've written called Just Move uh, can provide some inspiration to other people. And Peter, the bottom line is, um, if I can do this, I'm not particularly athletic or coordinated, but if I can do this, anybody can. So on day one, I could literally not do a single push-up. Now I can do 50. Now, I don't do Impressive. This. I don't do it every day, but at least once a week, I'll bang out 50 push-ups. I was, seven years ago, I was, my back was killing me. So I had chronic back pain, excruciating. My knees were shot, um, and my right rotator cuff was frozen, if you can imagine that. I couldn't lift my arm, <laughs> calling around heavy luggage too many years. And, and one of the worst parts was, Peter, I was probably, I wasn't fat, but I was probably 20 or 25 pounds overweight. Let me just take you back to those years when you were working on Wall Street in corporate America. What was your lifestyle like then as it applied to your physical health? On the planes every single week. So four weeks out of the year, I traveled. If it wasn't to the east coast of Florida, it was to Seattle and Northwest. 
And I did that for year after year after year. And the truth is, the wear and tear on your body from sitting all day, it could be in front of a computer, could be on an airline, it could be uh, riding in cars, watching TV. But the average American, Peters, I think you know, sits between 11 and 14 hours a day. And it's that it's that it's too much sitting, in my opinion, is the culprit behind a lot of the aches and pains that older folks uh, get. And uh, I can tell you, I have no I have no back pain at all today. What's that worth uh, to me? There's not enough money in the world to to pay for the feeling of not having the aches and pains. Uh, I'm not trying to be an Adonis or Mr. America when you're when you're my age. It's, a, it's about being healthy. Uh, about being able to move through your everyday life without aches and pains. You are very successful in your world. For people who haven't read your book, Cowboy Ethics, can you just quickly encapsulate what it was all about and what inspired it? Peter, the Code of the West was never written down. And when I found that out back in early 2000s, I said, huh, every, every cowboy from Montana to Oklahoma to Texas knows what the code is, but it's not written down. I said, I'm going to figure this out. And people say, well, gee, Jim, you must have talked to a lot of cowboys and ranchers. Actually, I didn't. I read probably 100 Western books, uh, and I watched 25 of the classic Western movies, Lonesome Dove and Red River and so on. And out of this came uh, what I think is the code of the West. And by the way, Rex Tillerson, the Department of State, was interviewed this past Sunday, Peter, on 60 Minutes. And he mentioned the influence that the Code of the West had on him. I thought, oh, wow. And so he's a big fan. Rex is a big fan of cowboy ethics back when he was uh, at Exxon. And so it's just live each day with courage. Take pride in your work. Keep it, you know, it's, it's like my philosophy is, you know, keep it simple, keep it true. But the, but the truth is, I'm not trying to force the Code of the West on anybody. It's more of an inspirational book to in, inspire people to, to look deep inside themselves and say, here's what I stand for. So it's a book about self-discovery. The cowboy, to me, was always uh, just a figure. It's the iconic figure that I grew up with. And... Um, like Rex, I was uh, influenced by Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and all those, you know, cowboys of the silver screen. And so the book has sold 150,000 copies and really has started a movement. And I'm just every day I just wake up saying, oh, my gosh, look what's happened. So all I did, I'm just a guy who wrote a book because if you remember back in 2003, every single week, another scandal some corporate scandal, Enron or uh, WorldCom or whatever. And I said, what can one, I'm just one guy. What can I do? I said, well, I've always liked communication. I've, I've always liked reading and speaking. I said, I'm going to write a book about this to, to say, here are some, uh, you know, some of the golden rules. And there's nothing about this that, that's sophisticated. It's really very straightforward. And these are universal timeless principles. They're going to be good, I think, 100 years from now. Simple rules to live by. And to the cowboy, things were black and white. Real, this black and this white. And there wasn't the gray area that there is today in our society. And this is what I think what's happened, Peter, is that people confuse 
societal values with personal values. And Jim, I'm, I'm curious to know that during that time when you wrote this book, and it was, as you say, very successful, were you aware that you were ignoring one aspect of your life, your physical health, perhaps at the expense of everything else? Not really. I, I ran on high energy for about 10 years. But what happens is when you turn, Peter, when you turn 70, your life changes. So if you felt great at 50 or 60, I don't know what it is, but the body, it's like, it's like a car. When you buy a new car for the first year, even two years, to the warrant wears out, a warranty wears out, uh, everything's fine. And all of a sudden, you need body parts. The engine does this, the air conditioning. It's the same thing with the body. I think your parts just wear out at a certain point in your life. And I know I have more friends up until they turned 70, felt pretty good. And all of a sudden, for, I don't know why 70, why not 80? I don't know. I said, I've got to do something. And the something turned out to be exercising. And it's changed my life, has transformed my life. And Peter, a lot of it is the outlook on life. I used to think my best days were behind me. I honestly believe today, because of exercising, that my best days lie ahead. And I go through every day feeling this. If I can transform my body, what else can I do? So I want to get into the detail of what exactly it is that you did. But I'm curious, at that stage in your life, what did your doctor say to you when you were 70 years old? What was his assessment of your state of health? Well, you, you, I think you're getting to the heart of it. And the doctors, I don't think they really know the answers to, 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 to these things. They themselves may be 70. I think, I think the medical profession, to be honest about it, uh, is really behind the curve for the most part. And they read all the academic stuff. But at the end of the day, I think, well, look, you need some medication, Jim. So if you have high blood, whatever your problem is, there's medication. Did you have problems like high blood pressure at that stage? Yes. Mm-hmm. I had high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and the doctors always did the same thing. Not one doctor ever told me, Jim, you need to exercise, my friend. Um, and uh, I said, I'm not going to – I have too many friends who uh, are hooked on medication. You know, I, I know people who are 60 – who look 80, and I know people who are 80 who look 60. And I said, I want to be in the second group. <laughs> so, so what do I have to do? And it's no big secret, Peter. Um, you know it's much better than me. But you have to eat right, eat clean. Uh, Meditation is important. Managing stress is important. Getting a good night's sleep. These are all important things. But when it comes to what I call healthy aging, I don't. Th- I think if there is a magic bullet, it's exercising, and and I don't want people to confuse what I did with the old bodybuilding culture. This is not about looking good in a bathing suit. It's not about bulking up. It's not about bulging muscles. It has nothing to do with that. This is about what I call functional fitness, and functional fitness very simply means being able to go about your daily activities and movements without aches and pains. So when you started, how did you approach this? Because clearly you had to do things gradually. You were 70 years old. You were not in particularly good physical health. So what was the first thing you did? Peter, it's a great question. Guys on Wall Street, like myself, we all love research. If you don't like research, 
you shouldn't be in the uh, on Wall Street because it's all it's all based on research. And I started researching aging and longevity, and also talked to a lot of fitness experts around the country. And I said, you know, I'm going to figure this thing out. It's like writing a book on cowboy ethics. And I think you the, the how you start is is the critical part. I, I call this getting over the hump, and the hump takes about a year. Uh, it's the hardest part, by the way, of the transformation because you're, because your body's not used to moving. And what I did was start a very simple program of walking and stretching. It's low impact. It's inexpensive. All, all, you, all you need, you don't have to have a gym membership. All you need is a good pair of walking shoes. And I, the, on day one, Peter, I may have walked for five minutes. And I was literally huffing and puffing. I <sighs> sweating. Second week, maybe I'll walk six minutes. And I just kind of add a minute or two a week. And all of a sudden, in about, I would say, four or five weeks, people said, Jim, what have you been doing? You look so much better, so much younger. And I promise you, anybody who starts a program of walking, by the way, and stretching, it doesn't matter how far you walk, doesn't matter how fast you walk. It's all about loosening up the body, getting used to physical activity, which I wasn't. And most important, building what I call, Peter, the fitness habit. Willpower doesn't cut it. It has to be a, a none of us are that strong uh, to stick with the program. So I got into the habit. And now I work out one hour a day, five to six days a week. And I incorporate strength training, flexibility, uh, cardio, balance, and a lot of core stuff. So in, in one hour a day, uh, I get it all done. And it's, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, I'm not a gym rat. I don't hang around the gym. I try and be very efficient and do the most I can. I've told people this before, Peter, there, there are three things that, that if you just follow these three rules, uh, you can, you'll gain the respect of anybody in a gym. I can walk into any gym in the country and there are 30 and 40 year olds. And it's three things. One is focus. I don't look at the a smartphone. I don't look at the news on the, on, the, on the TV set. I'm focused on what I'm doing. Number two, I emphasize good form. My form is very, very good. And it just takes time. And finest effort. So when I work out, if you're 30 years old, you'll say, my gosh, that old guy is really working out hard. Sure. doesn't matter how much you lift. If all you can do is 20-pound dumbbells, that's fine. But you have to make an effort and you have to progress over time. So the key to it is just say, here are my goals and then working on a program that fits your goals. And my goal was, P, was very, very simple. I said, I want to get rid of my aches and pains, number one. And number two, I want to become as lean as I can get. I didn't know what that meant, but I want to build lean muscle mass. So today I weigh 50 pounds less than I did in high school. I'm now down to 155, low body fat. I have more energy today than I did, Peter, when I was 50 years old. And you're now 77. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, now, we all know that, that age takes its toll. But all you can do is to say to yourself, I'm going to take control as much as I can of the aging process. That's how I look at this. And can you turn back the clock? Absolutely. At a minimum, you can slow down the aging process. 
And I'm living proof of that. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. You have to show up and do the work. And Peter, as you know better than I do, there are no shortcuts. There are no quick fixes. You have to go in, actually do the work. And I tell people, don't overthink it. Just stick with the basics. Don't uh, jump on uh, celebrity fads. It doesn't work. And what does your doctor say to you now? Your doctor's presumably seen this transformation. And we'll continue this conversation in just a moment. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Well, I'll tell you a, a, a cute story. A year ago, my doctor, and I've been with him for three or four years, he said, Jim, you're in the best, you're in the top 1% of your age group. I said, really? And he said three or four times. And I, for some reason, I said, Doc, how old do you think I am? He said, well, you're, 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 you're 65. I said, Doc, I'm 75. Oh, he thought Your I was doctor 10 years didn't younger. didn't know how old you were. And, he, and, and, and what we talked about was that this whole healthy aging, okay, is really it's from the inside out. It's, it's not really about how good you look and how many, how many push-ups you can do. That just keeps you progressing. What counts is how you are from a, from a, a physiological point of view. And I have low blood pressure. Uh, I have low cholesterol level now. I'm in low fat. I mean, I don't know what else to do. So, Jim, can you maybe give me an idea of what an average day looks like for you now? Because you you talk about the exercise. You also mentioned meditation. There must be a certain element of spirituality in in what you do. So, from from dawn to dusk, what do you do? Well, Peter, when I when I wake up, I shadow box for uh, about three minutes. And my wife goes along with this. She says, what are you doing? I said, honey, I'm fighting off old age. And I said, I shadow box. And I picture in my mind some big giant, you know, trying to hit me. And then I say, someday this sucker's going to win, but it ain't going to be today. And that gets me in a mood. I've got to be active. I've got to do something. And Peter, what's funny about this thing is that I've never one time in seven years left the gym not feeling better than when I walked in. And people say, what? I say, oh, yeah. So it's, if I don't feel, if, if, if I'm on a low energy day, we all have them, I say, I'm just going to do what I can do. I'm not going to worry about it. It's low energy day. 20 minutes later, I say, wow, I feel pretty good now. It's just, it's just exercising. It's very, very funny. You cannot just wait and say, I'm going to work out only on the days I feel fantastic. It didn't work that way. You've got to work out on a consistent basis. So for me, it's one hour a day. Peter, I break it up. So I may do cardio, pretty intense cardio this morning for 30 minutes. In the afternoon, I may do stretching. But three days a week, I work out with a trainer and we do strength training. 
And I think what older people don't realize is how important strength training is because your bones become more brittle. You may be arthritic. The worst thing is, Peter, you, as you well know, you lose muscle mass. And starting about your, about your 30s, it accelerates in, in midlife. So when you hit 50, you're losing lean muscle mass at the rate of about 15% a decade. And it's kind of scary unless you do something about it. And uh, women and men both need, now when I say strength training, it can, it can be a 10-pound uh, dumbbell in, in each hand. It doesn't have to be, we're not talking about massive weights like Arnold Schwarzenegger pushed around. I don't do that. I, I, use, dumb, I use dumbbells, do a lot of body weight stuff, do a lot of push-ups, uh, a, lot of, a lot of core stuff. I use the TRX. I use all kinds of fun stuff. Your workout sounds actually very similar to mine. Yeah, but you have to, but you have, Peter, you have to progress. So if all you do is do 45 minutes of slow cardio on a treadmill or elliptical, that's not going to improve you. If, all, if, you, if you hang out at the water cooler or chat with your buddies, you've got to go in and actually do the work, but do not stay more than an hour. Now, when I say I do strength training, it's actually 30 minutes. That's all you need. Now, I also do other stuff with my trainer. So we do some cardio, some stretching, foam rolling. The actual strength training itself is 30 minutes. And that's all you need, 30 minutes, three times a week. And anybody can do this. We, you, everyone starts from somewhere. And so I say, don't apologize. Again, I'm a case in point. I couldn't do one push-up. And I said, I can't do a push-up. He said, try it. Okay, I tried it. I kind of did half a push-up, you might say. And so just the key is slow, steady progress. And you spend some time during the day meditating? Yes. And also, I, 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 do, a, I, I, have a, I do a movement class once a week. And uh, I do Pilates and yoga. And I do it with, a, with an instructor sometimes, but also do it throughout the week, I do it by myself. So I think this whole mind-body thing, the breathing, and Peter, I have to tell you, I am not the best at breathing. I mean, it's a work in progress. I'm getting better, but it's, just, it's really hard. But breathing is critical as you get older. Good posture is critical. So you just look around at people who are 30 or 40 pounds overweight, their shoulders are slumped, and all I can tell you is if you don't do something about that, you're going you're gonna to be in a wheelchair or a walker by the time you're 80. And I just want to be 80 years young. That's all. Beyond 80, I'll take it as it comes. And what do you say to other people in your position? They turn 70 or maybe get to 75 and, and realize that they really ought to do something now, but feel as if they are just too old to start. Well, I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, I call it the lecture tour. And I have a, a really great talk. And it's called, because I, I love the, the communications, it's called Confessions of a Former Couch Potato. I'm doing it tomorrow night here, here in Austin. And I'll get probably 50 people. And I just tell them, here's the way it is. If you make it to 70, statistically, out of a very large population, you're going you're gonna to live another 15 years. Now, you might get hit by a truck the next day. But statistically, this is the Mayo Clinic talking. You'll live to be at least 
85. When I thought about what those years might look like, I said, this is, only, this is going to be downhill. That's all the motivation I needed to start exercising. And I don't consider myself to be a fitness expert. I consider myself to be a, a, a very avid uh, student. I love to learn, love to be challenged, love to keep pushing myself. Why? I don't know. It's my personality, I guess. But I'm, I'm a student. And uh, I don't know if there are any, quote, fitness experts. I'm kind of skeptical about that. Everybody has learned from somebody else. And if you're serious about this, you're, you're, you're learned till you're, you know, 90 years old. But I want to be independent. I want to be able to live, Peter, in my own home as long as I possibly can. I don't know how you can do that without exercising. What I feel sorry for is the person who was an athlete when they were young, high school, maybe even college. Uh, maybe they played co competitive tennis. Now, for some reason, as they near 70, uh, their body is saying, you exercise when you were young, and they get kind of burned out. And my answer is, you've got to do something. If all you do is walk and stretch. What would your advice be to your 20-year-old self? What would you like to have known at, at that age that you know and understand now? Peter, you're asking, I've never been asked that question before. And that is, just don't go overboard. Moderation in exercise is like moderation in anything else, drinking or whatever. So the key is moderation. You don't have to kill yourself. It, typically, when you're 20, it's, it's, all about, it's all about vanity. I want to bulk up. I want a good in a bathing suit. Uh, a woman's, I'm getting married in six months. I need to lose some weight. If you just look at it and say it's about being healthier uh, and developing good habits that you can sustain over time, I think you can keep this up for a long, long time. Some people do overdo it, and they get burned out. And once you get burned out, I can understand why it's very hard to get back into it. A lot of athletes are that way. So when you see a football player who's 60, I don't think any of them uh, work out. They said, nope, I did that when I was playing ball, and now I'm, my body's all beat up and so on. What they don't realize is they're not going to get any better if they don't do something. So I'm a big believer in a balanced approach, balancing meditation with clean eating habits, uh, not being a fanatic about it. And uh, it's the balance between flexibility, meditation. That's the hard part is finding what works for you. I don't think there is a coffee uh, cookie cutter solution. I think what works for you may not work for somebody else. That's been my experience. So the key to folks in your audience is you've got to just experiment, try different paths of fitness, discover what works for you. And then once you find out what works for you, just stick with it. You don't need to change. I like the competition. I like working out with with guys who are 30 years old, 40 years old, and I can I keep up with them more more often than you would think. And again, I'm not <laughs> athletic. For you. I just keep at this stuff. And the young guys often, you know, oh my gosh, I just did 25 push-ups. Say, well, that's all you can do at your age. <laughs> and so I think it's kind of fun. I enjoy. Uh, testing myself, not every day, but once or twice a month against with younger people. And it kind of keeps you young. It helps a lot if you have a companion. The optimum, Peter, is to find a partner. In my case, Stanya and I have been married 49 years. 
And uh, we, I have more fun walking with her and we stretch together and she has her own trainer, but it's, it's just, we're both into this stuff and I cannot tell you how much better we, we feel. And I think probably look a lot better than if we weren't doing anything. One of the things that young people sometimes express is a sense that they're in their 20s or 30s and they're going to live forever. And frankly, they don't need to do all of this stuff, the exercise and the good, sensible eating, that there is a feeling that old age is a very, very long way away and not worth thinking about. Now, I obviously have grown to understand that Clearly, if you didn't think like that when you were younger, you'd probably stand a better chance of living to a very ripe old age. So I'm curious, with your experience, with that thought in mind, how would you persuade a younger person that their age is the time to start working at this? Peter, I've never been asked that question. And that, to me, what you just said is one of the most interesting things uh, about about my transformation. I honestly believe if you're 70 and you haven't exercised in the past, in many cases, you're better off because you don't because you're not burned out. Um, I, I have friends who have been exercising for so long, they say, I'm just fed up with exercising. And I can understand that. And that's what a moderation thing approaches. But I look at it and say, there's an upside to aging. People say, what are you talking about? What's the upside? Are you kidding me? The excuse we've all been using when we're 30, 40, 50, or 60, I don't have the time. You have say, well, I have children or grandchildren. I've got a job or whatever. But when you hit 70, presumably you've got the time. So you kind of run out of excuses. But all I can say is if you're, if you're a couch potato, you'll say, Jim, do you have any certifications? I say, yeah, I'm a certified former couch potato. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and... Uh, I think there's actually an advantage. And, the, and Peter, the reason for the advantage is, is counterintuitive. Your progress is so fast when you're older. And that's what's amazing to people. It was, my gosh, have you come a long way? Yeah, because I started from a very low level. So if you are overweight you're, and you have aches and pains, it's amazing. And within six months, you'll be a transformed person. I promise you, if you just use common sense. It's much harder to get that same, sure, that same progress if you've been working out, you know, for 10 or 15 years. But I can tell you, all I can tell you is that in these seven years, I have totally transformed my life. But but the most important thing has been my outlook. I honestly believe that my best day still lie ahead. I have more energy. I'm optimistic about that I can handle whatever life throws at me. And that's because of, of how far I've come. It's I came from somebody who was racked with pain, uh, epidural shots. I mean, I've been through all that stuff. Knees were, were killing me. And now I walk down the street and goes, oh, my gosh, you must be, you look like you're 50 years old. Well, it's the it's the what, what keeps you going is is the is the is the in my case, to be honest about it, is the progress is the results. If I was not getting results. Peter, I'm not sure I would be this uh, 
upbeat about this. You've just said your best days are still ahead. One of the questions I often ask people is how they approach their own longevity and their own health span or lifespan. I think health span is is a more appropriate expression. But do you have aspirations yourself in terms of your old age? You're only 77 now. What would you do? You have a goal? I want to be 80 years young. That's I want. (laughs) That's that's my first goal. I want if if I can if if in three years when I do turn 80 in October, you know, three years from now, I want to be 80 years young. Okay, then I'll worry about my new goal. Can you be 90 years young? I, I don't know to be honest about it. But I do know this. I want to be. I want to stay independent. I want to live in my own home as long as I can. What I don't want to do is to go into some assisted living home or, Peter, very important, in, in case your listeners think that I'm being very, very selfish, I don't want to depend upon my kids. It's not fair. So I, I don't want my kids to say, oh, gosh, Dad, I've got to come and take care of my dad again. I don't want that. So I'm doing everything I can do to stay as healthy and active. And to me, it's a lifestyle thing. It's in, as long as I can. Now, if that's 85, that's fine. So it's not about, and Peter, you've said this many times, it's, it's your health span. It's not about living longer. It's about living in a, in a more optimal way. And to me, that means that you're not, you know, you're not using a walker, you're not in a wheelchair, and you don't have two or three, quote, chronic health conditions. So when I came across the statistic out of 100 million people over the age of 50, 70 percent, 70 million adults have at least one chronic health condition. And over half of, of the over 50 population, Peter, have more than one. And you say, what's 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 going on here? So we're spending 86 percent of our national health budget on chronic diseases. And Peter, if anybody knows the answer, you do. What's the common thread? To some degree, these chronic diseases are all preventable. Why? Because they are linked to lifestyle choices. So if you smoke, if you don't exercise, if you are a couch potato, if you if if your if your diet is very poor, you know, eating uh, two or three cheeseburgers a day kind of thing, French fries, okay, you will come down with chronic health conditions, high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, could be cancer, could be heart issues. And so if there is a magic bullet, and we can argue about this all day, but if there is, it's, it's exercise. And uh, my mission today is uh, I'm, on a, I'm, a, I'm a man on a mission, and I want as many people to hear the story, not about me, but about why it's important as you get older to take care of yourself physically and in a, in a moderate way. So, we're not, again, we're not talking about becoming a gym rat. We're not talking about spending, you know, three or four hours a day. All you need is one hour. You're making a lot of sense. I'm curious, how do cowboy ethics, just going back to your first book, how do cowboy ethics help in healthy aging? Gosh, what a a good question. (laughs) I've never been asked that question. Peter, I think to me, 
this and this may not be the answer you're looking for. I needed a purpose. And to be honest about it, I got lucky in my career and I made some money is all I can say. And how much is my business? But I, I, I could be at the country club playing poker or golf or something. That's not me. I love having a purpose. Cowboy ethics gave me a purpose. This particular thing of fitness is my new purpose. And I hope to take this in the, into the next, uh, you know, 10 years. I, I want to, I want to be a ambassador, if you will, to use that term for not for Nike or somebody, but just a, a, a foot for the, for the fitness industry. It just shows I, I want to be a living example, a, a role model for what you can do. Again, if I can do this, believe me, anybody can. I was not athletic as a kid. I was very slow, very awkward. I was overweight. I was heavy. Uh, but I was the letter in football. Yeah, they, they felt sorry for me. But I was just never an athlete. But I found my inner athlete working out. And it's that inner athlete is a feeling I'd given anything to, to have been a gifted guy at baseball or basketball or track. I, I just I didn't have it. But today, when I walk into a gym, I feel like an athlete. And uh, it's a wonderful feeling. And, and, and it's never too, too late to get started. So I'm 77. And if, if you're as long as long as you're mobile, as you know, you can get fit. Now, if you're in a wheelchair and you're immobile, it's, it's different. You can do some some stuff. But as long as you're mobile, as long as you can walk, I know you can you can you can get more fit than you ever than you ever dreamed. And all it takes is. I, I, I'm a big believer in classes. Now, I have a personal trainer, and I love Scotty and so on, but I also like classes. You can, you can have a join the YMCA, work out with some friends, work out with a buddy, work out outdoors when the weather's reasonable. So, you know, long walks, doing stuff outside, hiking, uh, it's all good stuff. So there's no one exercise that's going to do it. It's just a mix of stuff. You know, I think we should talk again when you're 80. <laughs> Jim, it's a really inspirational story. I wish you all the best with the book. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, Peter. It's been an, it's been an honor. And if you want to check out Jim's book, Just Move, A New Approach to Fitness After 50, I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode at our website, the Live Long and Master Aging website, LlamaPodcast.com. That's L-L-A-M-A podcast.com. The site is constantly evolving. There's new information. There's a complete back catalogue there of all of our interviews. Now, if you're listening on a platform where you can leave a review like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, a five-star review would be hugely appreciated if you think we deserve it. It helps us to grow the podcast and to secure its future. Many thanks for listening. FlexBeam is a portable red light therapy device that's now being used by leading athletes, including the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Rude. Whenever you put the FlexBeam on, you feel it starts to work right away. I need something that can help repair all the fibres that I have broken in the surfs. The infrared lights penetrate your skin and makes the muscle tissue recover faster. FlexBeam, I keep it with me all the time. Recharge Health is offering Llama Podcast listeners an $80 discount on the purchase of a FlexBeam device. Go to the website recharge.health and use the code LLAMA at checkout. That's L-L-A-M-A. You'll also find the link in the show notes. 
for this episode.